In these ever-changing times and church trends, where is worship really heading? This is the Worship Team Training Podcast with your host and training director, Brennan Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, worship teams, what's up? Good Tuesday morning to you. How are you? Great to see you, Brandon Dempsey. And we are here, worshipteentraining.com and also Worship Team Training University members. I want to say hello to all of our members and hope you guys are doing great on this morning. May the 22nd, 2018 already, and hope that you guys are doing wonderful. we got our great friends coming in right now on Periscope and also Facebook Live, and thank you for subscribing also to the Worship Team Training Podcast. You guys that are listening to us on the audio playback through iTunes and iHeartRadio, thanks so much, and also for subscribing on our other live broadcast channels. Terry, what's up? One of our members right there in the university program, and I hope you guys are doing great. So where are we headed in worship? That's the question. As we look into the future of what God has and maybe what the church is going through, um, you know, the way that we perceive worship in these changing times, does it change the presence of God? Is, does God's presence change? That's our question today. And then where is worship moving? Okay, where are we going as a church? So that is what we're going to be talking about today. And I hope that you guys are excited as much as the rest of us as much as i am because this has been a great topic we've did this podcast this past week so hello to all of you guys if you're watching for the first time thanks so much for joining us my name is brandon dempsey and i'm a ceo of worshipteentraining.com most importantly i'm a follower of jesus and a worship leader just like you uh this is what we do every tuesday at 11 a.m central we uh do these kind of broadcast for worship teams, leaders, singers, musicians, and tech, and for people just like you every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central. So uh, we say also to you guys that are watching for us the first time, thanks so much. And if you would, drop in your name in the city or country where you're from inside the comment box window. Please let us know. And also uh, for you guys to find out what is going on with us this week, at the university site, you can check out the comment box below, and I'm dropping all the links. What's up, Neil, on Facebook Live? Good to see you, brother. Uh, so you can see all the links of what's coming up. If you're watching by Periscope and audio playback, just go to wttu.co slash events to see everything there. So as we head into the future, does the way we perceive worship or the presence of God change? Now, I want to hear from you folks this morning. All you need to do, again, is just type in your comment, your question below in the comment box, Periscope included. If you're listening to the audio, you can do the same thing in finding one of our comment boxes or just simply hit us up with an email. And you can do that, Brandon, at WTTU.co. Let's get going. From all the trends and changes, styles of worship, church growth, movements, I mean, all this stuff going on, where are we headed into the future in worship? And I asked that question on the upfront of one of our videos that we put out this morning, does it matter? 
I mean, with everything going on, does it really matter? Does it change anything? That's my question to you guys. So, uh, as we do this as a church, you know, is is there such a thing? I'm just asking: Is there such a thing as a church worship destination that we're all trying to get to? Um, it's funny because out there in a lot of groups that I subscribe to, you've seen it too. You've seen this, if you're a musician, you have seen this title, The Worship Sound, right? Uh, your keyboard player, guitar player, The Worship Sound seems to be this new kind of, it's not so new, and it is kind of a sound because it's been marked by a lot of great bands who led us into this generation where we're, where we're at now with a lot of heavy synth, a lot of uh, reverb, and the guitars, a lot of the stuff. And today people have called this as the worship sound. Is that really a thing? I know, I know it is, uh, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about the trends that are happening. I mean, what do you see? Does it even matter? So as we get into this discussion, I want to know, is worship something much deeper and more meaningful than any song style or fad so let us know what's up so the first question do the trends of worship change the presence of god now for you members that are watching us you can click on the link below and it will take you right directly to our uh, article that we have out for today so you want to open that up and get to that article and we're talking about the presence of god talking about understanding worship and understanding really who God is and in 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 his presence. So comment and, and let us know. What I want to spend time on is talking about how the presence of God is closer than what we realize. And you've heard a lot of this probably also when you lead worship or, or after you led worship, man, God really showed up today. Or man, uh, this is something that, you know, God was great. And so I'm kind of surprised when I hear that because when you look at who God is biblically, Biblically, uh, I don't see where God is not in every place and everywhere at one. I mean, like God is always omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. That never changes. So the fact that even we can say that God showed up, I mean, yes, there is a part of that, the Holy Spirit and the movement of his Holy Spirit. But uh, the point that I'm getting at is... I, I, I think that God is much bigger and grander than for us to just call on him and asking for him to come down when really he's already with us. So he's already with you each morning when you wake up before your feet hit the floor. God is with you. As you're sleeping at night, God is with you. Before the words and songs come out of your heart and out of your mouth and before you lift your hands and praise and you know get excited about what God is doing, he is already with us. So how does that change or does it change? Just asking you the question. So come on, Facebook Live viewers and Periscope viewers, what are you seeing into that? Let us know. So in Genesis 3, it talks about God seeking man. So wouldn't this apply to the current day that God is still seeking us no matter what may change in church or, you know, I saw like a new lighting program yesterday is called V2. And if you haven't seen it, it's just, it's one of the most incredible programs I've seen for lighting. And it's also the most user-friendly, the most awesome thing I've ever seen. But then I thought for a moment when I looked at that program, I'm like, wow, 
you know, have we really become that overproduced in worship? Now, don't get me wrong, because lighting is awesome to use. It's just another tool, just like how we use instruments or songs in worship. But the whole question is, are we using it to engage? What is the point and purpose? Are we trying to wow people? Michelle says this. Thanks, Michelle and Periscope. He is already here, but I pray for his manifest presence, something we can see, feel, and touch. Yes, because when we know that the Lord comes into our lives as God saturates our hearts, we know that God is with us. We feel his presence. Yes, absolutely. But God is always here. But does it mean that he's confined to a light beam, you know, or a really cool program? Now, again, I think that there's great companies out there doing awesome things, providing loops, providing lighting, you know, et cetera. The, so the whole point that I ask when I use these tools is, you know, my prayer first is, you know, God, how are you going to use this today? If I click on this loop to use, if we click on this light or whatever, how is that going to reach somebody's heart? And are we doing it for the right reason? And so what I've seen is, you know, prayer becomes a huge important necessity in the things that we plan and how we lead worship. It's not just that, well, let's just throw it together and just get people's attention. But what is the point of why we're doing it? I've heard this said before, and I've asked this question here, you know, number two, is God seeking great worship or great worshipers? Is God seeking great worship or is he seeking great worshipers? Just as said before at the top of this broadcast, it's easy to come off the Sunday and go, man, worship is great. Now, don't get me wrong. It's awesome, you know, and you had a great day. I know we had a great Sunday this past week, and it was fun to say that. It was fun to say, yeah, man, God was here. But it wasn't like, a, well, God, this was the only time that he was here. No, it was like a God is always here, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. That's how I look at it. So when we walk away this Sunday, we're like, yeah. You know, maybe we were down one musician, but honestly, no one noticed, and it, it wasn't a big deal. The songs were being sung by the church. They were singing loud, you know. Um, at one point, people had asked, you know, hey, Brandon, I think your mic needs to come up a little bit louder because the people were singing louder. Or, you know, there's the piano maybe. Uh, we need to refix that in the mix, you know. So it was interesting how all that occurred, but we walked away saying, wow – isn't God great? Isn't God great? It's not of a, oh, that was great worship because it's, you know, really think about that statement. Are you thinking about when you say that was great worship, are you really thinking about the songs were great? The songs were nicely done. Uh, the guitar solo was excellent and, and that's cool. I mean, Psalm 33, one through three tells us we need to play skillfully. Absolutely. But you know, are we, what are we trying to achieve in a worship service? Is it just to showcase talent? And don't get me wrong, because talent is also used to glorify God. As far as skill, what we do as far as skill, we are to make it good. But for whose glory? That That's where it becomes the question. Is it my glory because I can play a great guitar or a great piano or sing with a good voice? Or is it really for God's greatness because he gave it to me and it's something that I've invested in, but now I'm returning that back in praise. What's your thought on that? Do your musicians have that in mind when you're leading worship? Is that something that 
becomes a thought for your team to, for them to say, hey, this may be great down here, musically what we're doing, but God, how do you see it as great? And I think another question to ask is, is my heart great? Because like you, I've seen a lot of great worship teams. We work with a lot of great worship teams across the country in our workshops. But what about the heart? You know, I've seen a lot of great guys, a lot of great gals. I mean, they can sing the phone book off, but off stage is a different story. So when you say God is great, or when you say that that was great worship, I think we also need to include the human element in it as well, because if our hearts are not in it, what are we doing? It becomes almost pointless. So our hearts, you know, God hears our cry. Psalm 66, 18 says that, that God hears our every call and we draw near to him. So the question is, are you really drawing near to God before and when you lead worship? When you're leading worship, what is that like for you? In that moment, look, I know churches that worship with like fiddle and acoustic guitar. They may have a harmonica or accordion versus those that use full electric gear and two, three keyboards overproduced, you know, great. It, it depends on the style that they're trying to achieve. There's nothing wrong with style. I'll just say that. All right. So for those of you who think that there needs to be a one-way style or a two-way or that doesn't sound like worship or that does sound like worship, uh, you know what? Everybody's different and every church is different. I've served in churches where we did nothing but high-energy urban, where it was just um, nothing but, you know, like Israel Houghton, Ricardo Sanchez, others, and just high energy stuff versus more of a rock format. And all we do is just high energy rock or edge rock. I've been in churches where, of course, it was nothing but traditional. So every church has their own voice. And I think that's the one thing that we need to keep in mind because it doesn't mean that one church is greater than the other. It just means that one church has a different style than the other because they're reaching a different subset of people or they're ministering to the people who are there in their church. So I don't think it's fair for us as worship leaders to judge other churches and say, yeah, well, they're not doing that brand new Jesus culture song. So it must not be worship. Do you know that's the same thing as what is being said when others older in the church that say, well, they're not singing according to the hymnal, not the right notes and not the right words according to my hymnal. So therefore that's not worship. It's the same. It's the same argument. So that's the deal. Why are we still arguing over worship? And let me just tell you, yeah, I know you may be saying, yeah, well, the worship wars are kind of over. No, they're not because they're still there. I think that we just mask it with a lot of other things that are happening in the church because the human heart is still the problem. TV says this, every house of, uh, thanks so much on, on Periscope. Terry says, every house is different. Got to know the sound that fits your house and glorifies God. Absolutely. So look, if it's high energy urban, you know, I've heard some churches using rap as country. It, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, are you feeding your church? Are you nurturing them? Neil says this. What's up, Neil Baker on Facebook Live? He says, we have to be intentional when we prepare for worship, not talking about practice and rehearsal, talking about preparing our hearts. Amen. Neil, thanks for that, brother. It's so true. When we prepare, 
we're putting everything on the table. It's it's almost like you know how you come to communion. Do you come to communion with that same sense of preparation of of really being meaningful about the the act of worship? Because communion really is an act of worship. It's not just a a thing that we remember and toss down the the cracker and the wine and be done with it. No, this is my body. This is my blood. I mean, this is his worship. We take it seriously. So how do you? Great point, Neil. How do you become intentional with the way that you prepare for worship? Teresa Louise, what's up? She says this on Facebook Live. Amen. We have to draw near and make sure, I'm sorry, and make everything we do draw people to focus on the Lord and not us. Well said, Teresa. Thank you, my sister. Yes. So that's another question. When you're leading worship, how do you get out of the way? Has that ever occurred to you? I know, like, for instance, this past Sunday, um, we're training up training up a, a real young worship leader. Um, her name is Elaine. I'm not going to tell you what church it is because, you know, we don't want her to be found out. But this girl can sing. And what's awesome about it is that she's been mentored. I've, I've known her, I think, ever since she was a little girl, like probably five or six. And now she's, I think if I'm right, she's going to be like a senior next year, maybe. Um, Maybe I bumped you up a grade, Elaine, sorry. But Elaine's either going to be a junior or senior next year, but she can sing and she's been learning from singers. We've been grooming her. We've been mentoring her. And this past Sunday, I was just telling her, hey, don't be afraid to make a mistake. And I was telling her, you know, put your voice out there. Because I know that she can hit some of these notes, but it was just the fear inside her head that was telling her, I can't do it, I can't do it. And she even admitted it. And I said, well, the fact that you can admit it means that you know that's what's going on up here. So I was teaching her like, I mean, what we do in our workshops, you know, learning how to sing from the bottom with a full, uh, from the full voice from the bottom and open up, you know, and be relaxed. And as she thought about that, I said, you know, now the other 80%, is believing in your mind that you can sing those notes just like how you believe the words that you sing you need to sing it in that same way and sure enough man those notes came out but i think we get so trapped up like again the example of what she was going through she was getting so timid about the well what if i mess up fear factor thing and reality is who are who are we really worshiping when it comes down to that I mean, it's, we have to be good at what we do leading worship, absolutely. We have to get good. We have to practice. But then it comes to a point of when you're actually in that moment, who is this really about? Is it really about the praises of man or is it about the praises for God? Because last that we've checked in our Bibles, God is the audience, right? Not us. And so very well said, Therese, that we, Teresa, we have to draw people to focus on God. So again, the question, how do you get out of the way? And for Elaine, I just had to point her back to Jesus and just say, hey, again, who is this service really about? And when you put get that perspective back in mind, then that should shred all the other uh, untruths and veneer of what you think worship is. And I know that when I'm leading worship, I'm praying during the song. I'm praying, God, focus my heart on the people. 
focus my heart on you. What is it, Father, are the words that you're singing right now in this moment that these people need to hear? What shouts of acclamation, what praise needs to be lifted to the roof high with my hands, with my voice, with my guitar, whatever it may be, what is it in this moment, Lord, that you're doing that we need to recognize? I think if we begin worship by preparing, asking by asking more questions, God reveals himself. God reveals himself through what? The Holy Spirit, through his word, through other people, through prayer, um, through events. And so it's, you know, he is a, a serious God who demands serious worship, but serious praise. It's not a funeral. This is a celebration. This is a, hey, this is what God has been doing this past week in our family, or this is what God's been doing. And, you know, we, we've had a, a tragedy that happened here in Houston just this past Friday with involving a school shooting. And when you when you think about the realities of that, it's 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 a real deal where it's like, you know, how can we then bring the prayers of the people before the Lord, the hurting hearts before God? But yet, how do we also how do we in our best efforts as best as they can, as best as we can celebrate God's great love and his great protection over us? I mean, when you when you marry the reality of current events to the songs and the prayers that you're singing in church, then I think that's that's what we're doing. We're we're singing our prayers. We're lifting our prayers to God. So, how does your worship respond to God? That's our next question. How does your worship respond to God? Sometimes we need to be reminded just how present God really is in daily life and in our weekly services. That. As leaders of worship, we have many ways in which we can describe the presence of God, but think of some ways that you can inspire your congregation as a response. It doesn't mean that we say to our churches, oh, come on, sing, sing it out. You know, like there's like what, 101 different worship leader lines, but I say just be real with your people. And every now and then, I'll just shout out, isn't God good? What are you thankful for? You know, just something real. I mean, it doesn't need to be scripted. And and maybe it doesn't need to, depending on the circumstance, you may not need to say anything at all. Um, that's something that I encourage a lot of young worship leaders is, you know, if you want to be intentional with your words, then be intentional. Otherwise, don't. you may not have anything to say, and that's okay. So I think when we look at, you know, Psalms 28, 2, the psalmist says, Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your most holy place. Psalms 51, 8 says, Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. I mean, wow. Psalm 95, 6, as you remember this one, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Matthew 8, 2. We had the story of a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That was a faithful statement. It wasn't a question, will you heal me? He just said, you can. I know you're, you're willing and you can. 
uh, Matthew 26, 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Jesus is now in worship, bowing down before the Lord. So these, what I just read to you, are biblical expressions of worship, of Again, the story of Jesus, uh, not story, but the truth of Jesus kneeling in, in agony before the Lord. And then before that, the man who needed to be healed from leprosy. Before that, you have David just saying, come, let us bow down. But then let us also cry. Let us shout. Let us have joy. I mean, it's all these things. And when you infuse that into music, then you're leading more than just song. You're leading. You're really leading people. So that's the main point that I just want to drive here today. And I just ask you this. Whatever direction your church is moving, how is the unchanging nature of God and the biblical worship moving through you? I'll say it one more time. Whatever direction your church is moving, how is the unchanging nature of God and biblical worship moving through you? So, my friends, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, be back with us next Tuesday for our regular show here at 11 a.m. Central. And be sure to check out the links that I just sent you in the comment window. And if you want to find the rest of all of our stuff, please go to wttu.co slash events. You can see all of our events right there. And be sure to check out worshipteamtraining.com. Look at our workshops of what we can help, what we can do, how we can serve your worship team. And also look at our mentoring of how we can serve you and your worship leadership. Love you guys. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we'll see you back next Tuesday again. Love you. Bye. This has been a worship team training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship team training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.